0: I see not only a young, Scott, I see myself. It was your age. And I'm telling you what God's going to do in you, Dominic, is greater than the Bentonville Grizzlies. (laughs) That's the name of his football team. (laughs) We connected along that line. Well, they're soaking. I want you to look this direction. Listen very carefully. I'm not going to hold you long. It's going to be to the point. God's going to put a big exclamation point on this service and seal this service. But he told me to tell you something. And so I'm going to tell you what he told me to tell you. I have never felt, and I've been down here several times, but I've never felt so much glory and power and peace that I feel this time. When I went home last night and pillowed my head, I slept like I was in the arms of God. (laughs) I slept like I was in a heavenly, peaceful serenity. I woke refreshed. I've been in that motel. It wasn't the motel that did that. It was the glory. And it was a carryover of the glory that's on this place. God has kissed this place. I'm not talking about the building. It's the body. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Steve Hill called the revival of Brownsville the kiss of God. No man could make that happen. The world might try to call it magic, but it's beyond description, expression. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. Don't try to help God out too much, because this can be messed up. <laughs> and about everything that God started, somehow man gets a hold of it, thinks he got a better idea. How many? How many will say we need God ideas? Not good, but God ideas. I've got close to your pastors enough to where I know that they're very protective of the move of God. And I understand that. So we don't need Sister Jezebel and Brother Ahab and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Couldn't Sees and the Woodensees, Because I'm telling you right now, there's a righteous core that God always starts with. Jesus chose 12. And then it got down, he taketh with him Peter, James, and John. But when God does something, he does all things well. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. Because I have been ministered to, and I have every time I've been here, but this time is very different. This time, look this direction. You're this close to the biggest breakthrough you've ever seen and it's gonna be something that's gonna impact multitudes. But he does much for the little, the most for the least. He can even do everything with nothing. Come on, say amen (laughs) to I went to a place one time, they said, hey, there's nothing there. I said, well, God created the world out of nothing. Amen So what? What's gonna happen? My dad took the country church by the side of the road, 12 family members, and just a few stragglers that came in and were faithful. And they told him there's nothing out there. And every one of us in the Davis family are either preaching or deacons. We're all on fire for God, and it's generational because it goes down to second, third generations. I've got grandsons coming up. And so I'm telling you right now, I just see I saw when Pastor prayed that prayer, I saw these young men touching the world for the glory of God. How many can see that? Come on, give God a thunder, salvation, of praise. God told me to commend you, and I've obeyed him. If I say the presence of God, I used to tell John Kilpatrick, it's the presence, night after night. I never minimized Steve Hill's preaching, but people don't, five million people don't line up for preaching. I never minimized Linda Cooley's singing, but five million people don't line up for singing and preaching. Big John became your ambassador, and you didn't even know it. Now He's in heaven. But I invited him because he had been at the full gospel business Friends fellowship meetings with me. 10,000 people were here Janeiro. He didn't get to go to that one, but I was there. And then Kansas City and then out in San Jose. And he was there. And when I told him I was here and he found this place, I said, it's the best kept secret. Told him where it was. We'd both preached at... Uh, I said, there's two churches in this area. One runs 2,000, one runs 1,000 back in the day. Preached seven months at one place, three months at the other. When he found this place and he walked in, he said, the first thing I thought, John Davis, you've turned down invitations of big churches, but I'm going to get you in some bigger churches. And I said, hold steady. Watch him. And he became a believer. He became a convert. It impacted his life so much because this is full gospel. This is full revival. I mean, you go, it's just from start to finish. It's just packed. Not with just the honoring the Jewish customs, the Jewish feasts, but the communion, the intercession, the worship. And the presence comes. And before long, he was drunk in the Holy Ghost. And he said, I like that place. And to top it off, we stopped at Kentucky Fried Chicken not far from here and ate out in the parking lot. And I couldn't come to here without telling him. And then one time he came by himself. And he called me and told me all about it. He said, you were right. I know why you're going there. Why do we invest in these boys? Why do we invest in you? Why does God bring us together? Because a long time ago, I quit climbing ladders and trying to pick my place as I said, God, take me where you're getting ready to explode with power. And this is where he brought me. Are you ready for genuine Holy Ghost revival? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. So I want to accentuate the presence. I slept good last night. I'll sleep good tonight. Got to get up early tomorrow. Got a to, early flight. But I know I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to have dreams and visions and and he's going to rock me into a trance. And I feel that tonight. If you'll see me get my phone out, we used to have the Holy Bible. Now we have the Holy, holy phone. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. And so I'm, I'm just getting notes. I'm getting words and revelatory rhema of knowledge. I'm not, I'm not sending messages to anybody. God's giving me messages. <laughs> it looks kind of irreverent, but it's not. It's just it's my Holy iPhone. I say the presence of God. Now stay with me, because I was talking about it's all about the presence, and I believe that, and I value the presence more than I value anything and everything. The one day the Holy Spirit whispered, "It takes more than the presence," and I said, "I rebuke you." And Jesus, "Ooh, I don't need to rebuke the Holy Spirit. That's what not the devil talking. What do you mean?" you just grieved. No, I haven't, the Holy Spirit said. It takes more than the presence of God. Why, God could do it all. Yes, but it takes more. Lucifer had the presence of God. A high-ranking archangel, he lived in the presence of God. He was there. God never created a devil. He created an angel. That angel determined to rule and hell and serve in heaven, God gave him his walking papers. That's a nice way to say God kicked him out of heaven. And so, Lucifer, how could you fail in the presence of God? Adam and Eve, the presence of God. Had it made in the shade drinking lemonade, shout amen somebody. The problem was not the apple on the tree. It was the pear on the ground. Come on, say amen somebody. You'll get that about midnight. There you go. Somebody, Karen just got that. And they listened, they looked, they lusted, and they lost. And human history has been written in blood, sweat, and tears. Adam and Eve say it ain't so. It is. So as a young preacher, if I can just memorize more Bible, if I can have more services, and if I can have more of the presence Oh, you'll never hear me minimizing the presence. But I just told you. Samson, built like Rambo, acted like Dumbo. <laughs> the boys just woke up. I've got him with me now. Laid his head in the devil's lap, got a haircut that cost him his life. Had the presence. I feel the heavy hand of heaven come on me right now. Jesus, as I see the hooded figure of a man shrouded in secrecy slip into the dark night for a midnight rendezvous with the witch at indoor, the call of Saul is thrilling, but the fall of Saul is chilling. From the lofty heights of resplendent glory to the dark depths of demonic decadence, And then suicide on Gilboa. And not could be heard but a funeral cry. The sad, sorry sobs of the mourners. Such potential. The saddest words of tongue or pen what might have been. Saul had the presence. Two men died on the same day. Both hung from trees. One on a hill, one in a valley. Jesus and Judas. Heaven and hell. Life and death. Light and darkness. Judas had the presence. He was the treasure of the first church of Christ, if you will. Christ church sounds better, doesn't it? He was a member of Christ's church. He saw the sights and heard the sounds. And felt the sensation, the spine tingling sensation, as the blind could see, the lame could leap with joy, and the tormented minds were delivered and set free. He was there when the madman of Gadara came like a screaming demon out of the graveyard chamber the devil bound by man. But the Word of God, the touch of Jesus, the presence, if I said the presence, and the demoniac, think about it. He woke up a lewd, nude, rude, crude dude. But he went to sleep a missionary, shot him and somebody. Boy, oh, I felt that exhilarating because of the presence. But Judas, say it ain't so. I want to cry the rest of the day, night. When I looked at John Kilpatrick, my buddy, and I started asking him about the revival people, five million came to the doors. There were some in the inner circle that their testimony was more noteworthy, noticeable, more advertised, demonstrative, exhilarating. And I would say, what about that person? And he would just shake his head. I say, whatever happened to this person? And even staff people who at one time could preach like a house of fire and an angel from heaven. At one time could ring the prayer bells of glory. And finally, I embarrassed him. He was hurt. He was grieved. He was saying with his silence, don't ask me about the people. Because God's people have a tendency to backslide. Not only do we believe in it, we practice it. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Demas, glowing report. The second time, they called him a faithful co laborer. So Paul called him. The second time, just mentioned him in passing. The third time, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Back to Jesus and Judas. Judas kissed the door of heaven, was flung through the gates of hell tonight. He stares at the smutty walls of hell and the regions of the doomed and the damned and would give everything to come back. And he would say, it takes more than his presence. It takes your obedience. It takes your willingness. It takes your submission. Because you can backslide Right in the presence. And multiplied millions have done it. Oh, say, oh God. I will say it. This is heavy, but I got to get it out there. Two million Israelites delivered out of Egyptian bondage in the proximity thereof. Pentecostal charismatic people. How do you know? Because they griped all the time. Shout amen, somebody. (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of church people. Fresh are the bakeries of heaven, angel food cake every day. No Walmart, IGA, big K, little K. No Walmart. Think about that. How can we even make it without Walmart? Somebody said you would come back with a shout, and the shout will be, welcome, Walmart shoppers. How many believes that? And we'll all... We'll all rise to meet him. How many knows? We recognize that one. The man said, just bury me next to Walmart because my wife will come and see me once a week at least. Come on, say amen, somebody. (laughs) I don't want to get so serious I drain you and drag you down. I'm just saying that, oh, God, out of two million, there's two, Joshua and Caleb. Jesus. Okay. Now I built you up real good and told you what God told me to tell you. But in a few moments, as I walk out the door, you're going to remember these words Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Because it's possible, right in the presence, to take God for granted and get bored with the Lord. Think of the audacity of the Israelites griping about God's cooking. That's not popular. Think about that. You've got friends. You've got preachers. I'm tempted to go back in the 50s and 60s. Your pastor is, I love being around him because he knows about all the revivals. He's a revival historian. But I think of those money, morals, malice, motives, the four M's. Money, morals, malice, motives. They fell. My early mentor, don't touch the gold or the glory or the gals. Jesus. Satan want to be like God. Nothing wrong with that. I want to be like God. I want to, I want to have love like God. I want to be holy like God. I want to, I want to be gracious. I want to be long-suffering. Boy, don't we all want to be like Jesus? To be like Jesus—that's all we ask. But Satan's motives were wrong. Everybody say motives. Why do you want? Why? It's the purity there. God knows. You don't even know yourself until you know God. That's why I love a place like this where you spend time soaking in the presence and taking everything that's happened and saying, Oh, God. Oh, there's a key. Because it's not just the presence, it takes more than the presence. Everybody said it takes more than the presence. We're laborers together with God. Everybody say together. It's his super and our natural. Everybody say supernatural. (laughs) Got these boys with me. They're gonna grab the mic and start preaching in a moment. I want you to look at this rationalist very carefully. There is one word that's going to help you as you navigate and you stand in the eternal realm of glory as you burst through the surly bonds of earth and touch the face of God in the azure halls of heaven. It's a word that's going to carry you. It's going to so make you appreciate the presence that you're not going to backslide in the presence. You're not going to turn away from God in the presence. Well, the saddest verses is Ecclesiastes. I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. You know what it said that. What it said, I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from church. Oh, if it just had more church. Well, think about it. The devil goes to church more than any of us. How many knows he's not saved? I don't minimize church attendance. You can not outpray the Pharisees. How many knows what I'm talking about? You just can't outpray them. Those rascals, boy, they could pray to themselves, couldn't they? If my son came to me and said, I got one son. He said to me, O oh, earthly father, husband of my mother, great provider of my needs, supplier of all I desire, I bring my particulars before your abilities, aware of my necessities. I'd look at my son and say, Behold, the fruit of my loins, I've sired an idiot. Come on, shout amen, somebody. So all the big, sophisticated, educated prayers, it's just malarkey and baloney. The publican had this one thing. Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You can't outfast the Pharisees. Oh, just more fasting, more prayer. I don't minimize it. But I'm telling you right now, there is one word that's going to guarantee you to be a part of the glorious revival and make it, take it, live it, give it, know it, show it, tell it, yell it, preach it, teach it, smoke clears, dust settles. You're going to stand singing the anthem of the redeemed, and the song you're going to sing is Amazing Grace because you're going to realize there's one thing that carries you. Are you ready? It's a word. Well, it's got to be love because Paul said love is the greatest. No, Paul, you're, you're wrong. Oh, did I say that? Did I just rebuke the Apostle Paul? He's not wrong, but he said now about a faith, hope, and love. But love's the greatest of these. That's the like greatest of those three. There's something greater than love. Lord, let me get through this before you. Solomon said it's wisdom. And yet he said, God said, you've asked a good thing. And I'm going to give you all the riches and everything else. God said, you ask a good thing. He didn't say you asked the best thing because I'm know Solomon backslid and went plumb bonkers and crazy. But what is that one thing that will give you more wisdom and more love and more joy and more peace and more power? Are you ready? The Bible says it's a word. It's a virtue. It's found in James chapter 4. I memorized the book of James. I'd like to quote the whole chapter. All it says is God giveth more grace. Everybody say more grace. That means more love, more wisdom, more joy, more peace, more glory. That means more finances. He resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the. There you go. Humility. Everybody say humility. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. God, would you humble me? No. Humble yourself. Pride, the killer, it's made devils out of angels. Cause Adam and Eve walk away from God. Cause Samson, cause all those others. Pride comes, and you don't know it's there. It's sinister. It's radon. You can't smell it, see it, touch it, taste it. You can see it in others, can't see it in yourself. Humility is the greatest virtue, because if you have that one, if you can humble yourself and walk in humility all your life, you will have supernatural wisdom and grace and glory and more great more grace? Did you hear what I just said? More grace. Everybody said more grace. Well, if you have more grace, you can handle anything. More grace. They took the humblest man in the church and gave him a big round button because he was so humble. And they gave him that that said the most humble person in church. He will start wearing it. They had to take it from him. Come on, shout amen somebody. So, here's how the poet preacher said, Tina Wood Kelmage, stay with me. I'm just about through. Humility, the fairest and loveliest rose that grew in paradise, the first to die. It has rarely flourished on mortal soil. It is so frail and delicate, if it but looks upon itself, it is gone. They who venture to show it, prove by this they have it not. Humility, the fairest and loveliest rose that grew in paradise the first to die humility grows only on the grave of pride and my god i want to cry the rest of the night i've asked god to take me to heaven premature if i'm going to embarrass him and leave a reproach i don't want to fall into sin and yet every one of us sin but how many knows there's a remedy if you humble yourself before god i love your pastor As he says to me, if you see anything, if you see me stray, speak into my life. That's a mighty big man. He said, my dad will help me, and he will, well, between his earthly father and his spiritual father and the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Michael and Gabriel, the archangels, and The grace of God, I mean, all of us can make it in Jesus' name. But if we want to, any one of us could say, I don't need you. But he's submitting. And the Bible says, it doesn't say, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Would you hear that? You pull that out of context. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Then resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Lindell Cooley, Early Days of Revival. The Lord would say, you have asked me to remove the obstacle. I am the obstacle, saith God. Because of your pride, I am resisting you. You humble yourself, and I will promote you. Some of us that were in battles, your arms are too short to box with God. So the best thing you do, and the quicker you do it, the better you say, Jesus, I've sinned and I'm sorry. Don't plead your case. Plead guilty. Plead the blood. Plead for mercy. How many knows He loves humble people? He said, "I'll send revival if my people." He didn't say if the president. I know we're we're talking about Biden, but Biden was president when Jesus walked the earth. Come on, shout amen, somebody. God can do anything, anytime, anywhere with anybody. What God is telling us is my people. So the secret, you stay humble, little in your own sight, and there'll be grace. And you'll pass your breaking point you didn't break. And then suddenly you get a little, little up and you fall, jump back up and run to Jesus. And I close with this. One of my earliest meetings, I had a revelation of the humility, and I knew that pride was so deadly that the Bible says God resisted the proud. It's not just the devil fighting you. You can make it by the grace of God, the devil fighting you, but if God ever turns against you, nobody's got a chance. I gonna mean, know what I'm saying. But I had a revelation. I memorized the book of James, and I saw the problem was John Davis. It wasn't my wife. It was my wife's husband, it was me. The man was at the cemetery. He was crying, oh, why did you have to die? Why did you have to die? He was crying uncontrollably, why did you have to die? Somebody walked up and said, is that your wife there? He said, no, it's my wife's first husband. Come on, shout amen somebody. Don't get too serious on me, folks. Because this is something we all wrestle with. Everybody say pride. It's there. And if you think you got humility, you just lost it. Come on, say amen. But if you walk, here's how you help. Here's, here's what helps you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Magnify him. Worship. Everybody say Worship. If you ever see him. Isaiah had a lot of woes for a lot of people, but he saw the Lord and said, woe is me. Read it. Chapter 5, woe was the drunkard. Woe was the harlot. Woe, 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 woe. Then he said, he saw the Lord. He said, woe is me. I'm undone. It was a meeting. I preached on humility. I talked about being broken. And I quoted a lot of scriptures. And I ended up with the scripture... Jesus, being in the form of God, thought not robbery equal God, made himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made the likeness of man, humbled himself in the fashion of man, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, every tongue should. I was quoting the whole book of Philippians, or most of it. And suddenly it hit, the kiss of Christ. Jesus was so exalted. People began to scream and shout. They raised their hands. And I looked in God's ship. It, surprised, it was a God-given takeover. People were being healed without my preaching. People were being healed without me touching them. How many of us, God knows how to send a revival. God knows how to clean house. God knows how to perform miracles. A miracle a week could fill any stadium. And we're getting ready to see it. You're going to be in the middle of it. You're going to be right in the middle of it. I know that. But suddenly the lady got out in the aisle, sophisticated, got on her hands and knees, and while people were standing and shouting and praising and being healed, as God performed miracle after miracle, she began to crawl down the aisle. I noticed her crawling. It was a big church. And she crawled then she'd stopped and just began to praise him. Then she crawled, then she'd stop and lift her hands. She'd crawl some more and she'd stop. I didn't know she was a Catholic lady that had never been to that church. But she saw Jesus. And when she saw Jesus, she saw, her, she saw her humanity. She saw her sinfulness. And she humbled herself. And somewhere between the back and the front, Brianna, she got gloriously saved. She met more than Christ's mother, she met Christ. Because when she got right in front of me, she was speaking into the tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. God filled a Catholic lady full of the Holy Ghost before the charismatic. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Now, look this direction. I'm through. God's not. I want you to process this. Your lesson, go home and read James chapter 4. All the troubles and struggles and fights and splits and splinters and splatters comes out of pride. Husbands and wives, the Bible says, only by pride cometh contention. Do you know what said that? Only one thing causes contention, only by pride. Well, I didn't know that. I thought it was my wife's family. I thought it was her mother. One day I said, what's your problem? She said, you. Oh, thanks. Anyway, but, you know, here we are. Why can't we get along? If you humble yourself, there'll be no contention. Father, I'm through. You're not. Do what only you can do. Jesus, I love this pastor, Sandy.